This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. Hey, this is Sal Palantonio of ESPN, and you're listening to Ira and Clark on the I Test for Two podcast. Welcome to this week's I Test for Two podcast. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. And we are Hall of Fame voters, joined, as always, by our Hall of Fame producer. That would be Mr. Ian Glendon. And soon, very soon, by another Hall of Fame voter, Ed Bouchette of The Athletic, to talk about what's next for Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which, Ira, is the perfect segue into my first topic du jour, which is quarterbacks. And what's going on with them this offseason? I mean, we've got Jared Goff has switched teams, Matt Stafford. They've traded places. Phil Rivers has retired. Drew Brees is expected to retire. Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Uh, we don't know what's going on with uh, the New York Jets. We don't know what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. What's going on in New England? We can check in with Ian on that later. It, it seems like quarterback situations and changes everywhere. And as so much so that ESPN's Adam Schefter has put the over-under at teams with new quarterbacks at 18 for 2021, with, of course, Tom Brady staying. Tom Brady's 44. He's going to stay. But, uh, Ira, what have you got? Over or the under? 18. I've got, I've got over. I've got over. Uh, this is unprecedented, Clark. You and it I is. have been watching football for five decades. Five decades. And I can't remember this kind of movement. There might be some surprises down the road that we haven't even we haven't mentioned Deshaun Watson. We don't know what's going on there. That's right. Uh, although I, I think they would be crazy to move him, Clark, because then you got to find the next Deshaun Watson. Clark, while you're talking about all this disarray, Ian and I are in Tampa, Florida, where there are no quarterback questions. <laughs> That's right. And that is very rare for this franchise uh, because they've never uh, uh, they've never given a drafted quarterback a second contract. Wow. In the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Never well, you, done it. You would expect a second contract or an extension here, right? Wouldn't you expect yes, you would. Brady? Yes, he's, you would. He's going to turn 44 in August. Well, speaking of which, that makes me wonder about New England. And Ian, uh, I want to touch briefly with you. Ian Glendon, our producer, he is a Patriots honk, of course, and loves Tom Brady, but he loves the Patriots as well. What do you think the Patriots are going to do? Cam Newton, I wouldn't think, is coming back, right? Uh, I wouldn't be so sure. Look, I, I, I think they're going to explore their options, but uh, any sort of move to, like, a Ryan Fitzpatrick or anything, or Marcus Mariota, I feel is, is a little too lateral. You know, I, I don't want... I don't want to see that. I want to see them improve if they're going to pick a quarterback. Uh, if they can't, which I don't, you know, look, I don't think an option's out there this offseason. I think you roll back with Cam, 
give him another chance after a off season and a full season under this uh, team. Look, I mean, any quarterback you go to, you're going to have to start fresh. And I don't know if there's a quarterback out there where you're going to do much better than you did last year. Maybe you get a little bit better play initially from the quarterback spot. But I'd like to see what Cam has, and then hopefully maybe they hit someone in the uh, draft. Wow, that flies in the face of what that kid who trash-talked Cam last week said. <laughs> <Cam>. <laughs> Holy smokes. That was like something I've never seen before. Now I know he apologized, but, you know, the uh, horse is out of the barn. A little bit too late there. Um, well, and then lastly, I mentioned Drew Brees. Possibility of his retirement. I think he is going to retire. I think we all agree on that. Ira, quick question for you if and when he does retire, where does he fit in your pantheon of all-time quarterbacks? Is he in your top 10? Is he in your top five? Where is he? Well, is he in your top 15? I told uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo that he's in my top 10, and Russo went crazy and thought I was absolutely nuts and then rattled off, you know, nine or 10 names. And, you know, the names are daunting, Clark. I mean, they're daunting. You know, Elway and Marino and, and Montana and, and, and Brady, of course, and Manning. Uh, so where the heck do you put him? But Clark, I'll say this. I think he's the most accurate quarterback the league has ever seen. I think he's the most accurate. Um, his lifetime completion percentage. Um, and you know who's also very good in that regard? Ken Anderson. And that's sure. a discussion for a whole nother day, Clark. That whole is a discussion day. for a whole nother day. And by the way, Ira, I do not have him in my top 10. We'll talk okay. about that later. Of course, I also mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. And as promised... We have Hall of Fame voter Ed Bouchette of Athletic to tell us what's going on with him and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ed, first of all, thanks for joining us. And secondly, when I heard GM Kevin Colbert, I guess it was last week, give a lukewarm endorsement of Big Ben, it sure sounded like Sean McVay on Jared Goff. And we know what happened there. The Rams got rid of him, and they've made the trade. I don't expect the Steelers to trade. Uh, I think Roethlisberger is an institution there, but I'm inst really interested as to how you see this and, and what's going on with, um, you know, what, what Kevin had to say and what Big Ben had to say. I know he said that, you know, the contract, he doesn't really care about what he's paid this year, but you're in the middle of it. You know everything that's going on with that team. What's going on with Roethlisberger and the Steelers? Do you expect them back? I'm 50-50 on that, Clark. Um, and this story could go all different kinds of ways. And um, I think there's a indecision also on group of Steeler uh, decision makers, if you will, on what they really want to happen. I, I think some want them back and some don't. Uh, and when I say don't, um, you know, they realize he's been uh, a great quarterback likely Hall of Fame quarterback, and they don't want this to end badly. But we saw this with Troy Palomalo Clark. You know, they wanted him to retire. He didn't want to retire. They kind of told him, look, we don't want to cut you, but it may have to come to that. And ultimately, it took him till April to retire. Um, and he did it on the phone with uh, one of his favorite writers. So I, I don't know if it's coming to that with Ben, but you're right about what Kevin said. As of now, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney did not give him ring, ringing endorsements. Nobody's ever said, certainly we want him back. We'll work this out. He's our quarterback. Nobody has said that, Clark. They've gotten uh, Marquise Pouncey, his favorite player, has retired. His uh, coordinator was fired. 
Um, and I, I don't know what kind of team they're going to have around him. I'm not sure why Ben would even want to come back. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure either. However, as one of our favorite writers, Ed, I would like to ask you, what's the issue here? Is it a money issue? Because I think he's counts something like 41 million versus the cap in 2021, which is untenable. Or do they simply want to move on with him? I mean, is it, uh, you know, productivity or, or age or um, simply his play that they, they want to move on from it? But I, I just don't get it here. Is it is it the money? They want him to restructure the contract because he said, as I think he probably told you, he didn't care about his pay this year. He'll pay, play for whatever. Uh, but I, I, I'm really sort of mystified by this idea that he needs to go away because the first half of last, they didn't lose the game and people were touting him as an MVP candidate. And now you want to move on from him? I don't, I don't know what the issue is here. Well, one of the big issues is the cap, the salary cap. Uh, they're really under it, Clark. Um, but they can work out his contract. If he retired, they'd save $19 million of that cap number you just mentioned. Yeah. They can uh, work out an extension, you know, with the phony years, um, spread out some things to get it down to 14 or to whittle it by $14 million. So that's doable if they want to do it and he wants to do it. But it's, I think some people in there look at it and say, look, we think Mason Rudolph can, can do this and he's entering the last year of his contract and we need to find out about him. And we're not going to find out about him at all if Ben plays another year and is healthy and plays the whole way. Uh, and then Rudolph becomes a free agent and then Ben retires and what do we have? Yeah. So I think they're looking ahead to that. They're losing so much in free agency. Pouncey's retired. The left tackle, Al Villanueva, is a free agent. Juju Smith-Schuster's a free agent. They're all leaving. James Conner, uh, I don't even know if they want him back, but they're kissing him off already. Bud Dupree's gone. So I, they're not going to be a Super Bowl contender anyway, Clark, so they might as well find out about Mason Rudolph. Eddie, uh, thanks for doing this, Ed. Um, Ed, this is a very Hall of Fame-centric um, podcast, Ed. I want, I want to ask you about a couple of former Steelers that you know very well. Um, Ed, the name of this show is The Eye Test for Two, The Eye Test, and you've used that in the room too, The Eye Test. And, Ed, a guy that I think fits it to a T is Heinz Ward, Ed. Uh, by the numbers, I think he had a thousand career interceptions on the dot, one thousand. Uh, but you know, guys are flying past him, the Reggie Waynes of the world. Um, but Ed, if you saw Heinz Ward play, especially in the big moments, uh, you could make a compelling case for him uh, for a bust in Canton. Um, do, do you think Heinz Ward's getting a little overlooked here, Eddie? Well, I do, but I think there's guys in every city where um, people are saying the same thing. Are, hey, how come this guy from the Packers isn't looked at? You know, how come this guy from the Vikings? And we've seen that in the room too, Ira. Um, but, you know, you try and explain to people about Heinz Ward's blocking and how all those um, defensive backs had their head on a swivel and how that affected the defense's and, and they yawn, you know, how many catches, how many yards, how many touchdowns? I mean, he was a Super Bowl MVP. He lifted everybody up. He played outdoors on grass in a northern division. Uh, and a lot of his career was without any good quarterbacks. You know, Ben didn't come along until 04. Um, 
you can make that case, but as these receivers pile up more yards and more catches, um, he drops further down on the list. You know, Ed, uh, I go on um, Chris Mad Dog Russo every week, and, and we have a raging battle, Ed, about five times a year about Mike Tomlin, Ed. And, of course, you know, I got to know Mike here in Tampa on Dungy's staff, and I've, I've been a big, uh, you know, supporter of Tomlin. Um, and, and I suggest that, you know, after Belichick, you know, he's in that next group um, uh, with, with the Harbors and, and whatever and uh, Sean Payton and guys like that. And Russo doesn't want to hear about it, Ed. Now, Eddie, the fact is he's coached 14 years. He's never had a losing season. I mean, that's a fact. Uh, but, Ed, they just lost five of the last six games after an 11-0 start. There's a lot of drama in Pittsburgh over the years, it seems like. It's a soap opera. But the guy averages 10 wins a year. Ed, what's your overview on, uh, on Tomlin's stint to this point uh, in the Steel City? I think he's a good coach. I think he, um, he may have to win another Super Bowl to nail down a Hall of Fame berth, uh, Ira, but uh, his winning percentages in, in the regular season, outstanding, stack up well. He's had more victories than anyone in their first 14 years of coaching. Um, the complaint, and we get it here in Pittsburgh, it's not just outside, uh, is that he hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 10 years with a, one of the great quarterbacks. And he's only won one Super Bowl with a, one of the great quarterbacks. And I go, well, how many How many has uh, Drew Brees won? He's won one. How many has with Sean Payton? How many... How many have they won in Green Bay with a great quarterback? How many did they win with Phillip Rivers in, 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 with the Chargers? You know, uh, just because you have a great quarterback doesn't mean uh, you go to Super Bowls every year. But, you know, the debate, his postseason uh, record is not the greatest. Um, but neither was Andy Reid's before he won his first Super Bowl either. And he's, I think he's considered right now maybe a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm with you, Ed. I think he is considered a shoe-in. Um, and we're speaking, by the way, with Hall of Fame voter Ed Bouchette of The Athletic. And Ed, since we're on the Hall of Fame topic, you mentioned Marquise Pouncey. He retired earlier this month, along with his brother in L.A. Uh, Marquise was a five-time All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler. Ed, is he the next Steelers center to make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame behind Dermonte and Mike Webster? I will point out, Clark, I consider him a two-time All-Pro because they're first-team associated press. I don't right. look at those NEAs and all those other All-Pro teams as, as legit. Uh, you know, we go by AP. So it's two-time. And uh, I think he – is he a, a Hall of Famer? Uh, could be. But he's got an uphill battle, I think, Clark, because I just went through Alan Fanica. took him six years. He had bigger credentials. Took Damani Dawson seven years, and he, to me, was the greatest center I've ever seen. Um, uh, Marquise does have something going for him. He was all-decade team. That helps, as you know. Uh, people put a lot of credence in that, uh, in those nine Pro Bowls. So, you know, it'll be a debate, but I think he's got a, I think he's got a tougher road than those other two former Steeler linemen I just mentioned. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Fanica because we've mentioned him before on here as – regarding our frustration with his inability to get in sooner. But to me, it's all about the position he plays. As you mentioned, guard. I mean, he had a bulletproof resume, and yet it took him six years to get in. Same thing with Will Shields. 
bulletproof resume took him four years to get in what was the common theme they played guard as you mentioned with Pouncey he plays center and over the last I think it's 22 years Ed we put in two Dawson and why that's it so that's going to make it tougher for him as well I think you're forgetting Mitt Tinglehoff oh well I'm talking about modern era I'm talking about modern era <laughs> but I just remember <laughs> the name coming up in the room why not Mick Tinglehoff that was Sid Hartman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, centers are tough. Dwight Stevenson made it uh, on a short career, but it took him a while as well. You know, I one of my early ones, uh, Clark, was Mike Webster. And I went into that room and I thought he was a slam dunk and he didn't make it his first year. He did make it his second. But um, linemen are tough. Linemen are tough unless you're, uh, you know, a great left tackle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're going through that with Tony Baselli. I think the only thing holding him back is his short career. Ed, uh, you, you, know the, you know the town of Pittsburgh so well and, and, and Steeler Nation. And, Ed, for those of us, you know, Clark's, uh, you know, 700 miles away and I'm 1,000 miles away. And, Ed, can you just explain what is so unique about Steeler fans? Does it go back to the – the Myron Cope terrible towels and uh, Eddie, that was 50 years ago. And, and Steeler Nation is still going strong. Ed, they travel like nobody's business. What what is going on with Steeler fan and and, and why are they so special? Well, I don't know that they're more special than a lot of other teams around them. You know that that have strong followings like the Cleveland Browns. I mean, if the Cleveland Browns ever win, you're going to see them just like the Steelers. I took the Steelers 50 years as a franchise, uh, 40, I'm sorry, before they won a playoff game. And before that, they were only in one playoff game. Uh, the, the town lost all its, virtually all its uh, steel, um, and people went across the country elsewhere, Ira, to pursue, uh, you know, uh, jobs and everything else and then they had families and those people I think a lot of those people are Steeler fans but they happened to win in the 70s when football was exploding on TV and all over the country and I think that's when a lot of people fell in love just your ordinary people who didn't have a team to root for you know when I was a kid it was the Packers because I grew up in the 60s and I liked the Packers um, and I think that's part of it I think there's a lot of that um, and just them winning four Super Bowls in six years just ignited everything. And then you had the population leaving Pittsburgh to go elsewhere, and it just spread. Um, you know, I, I've run into the uh, fans everywhere who – a lot of fans in South Carolina, for one reason or another, they didn't have a team to root for. They latched onto the Steelers. When we go down to Jacksonville – you can see South Carolina fans, Steeler fans all over the place, and they have no connection with Pittsburgh. <laughs> because they have the Jaguars. <laughs> Eddie, one more one more for me, and, and thanks so much for, for your time, Eddie. Um, Ed, you mentioned Dawson, and, and, and Clark mentioned Fanica, and, and, of course, there was Jerome Bettis, uh, and I was in the room for that too, Ed. So it, it strikes me, Ed, and, of course, I just went through this with John Lynch. You know, uh, I, I was uh, – I was feeling my oats after uh, Brooks and Sapp and, and, and thinking this thing's a snap. And all of a sudden, you know, seven years of presentations. Um, 
Ed, I think you'd agree with me that, you know, you try not to get personally involved. You keep the emotions out of it, but it's hard, Ed. Um, Ed, overall, what was it like given the speech for the same guy over the years and, and, and how much did that wear on you and, and how much did it mean when, when that guy got in? Well, it's a relief more than anything, uh, first of all, um, Byra, because as you mentioned, you, you try and look at it different ways. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, and I don't think for any of us, it's not so much what we're doing wrong. It's just, I, I don't know. It's a pecking order and everything else. But I will tell you a story. I was so frustrated that Damani Dawson uh, wasn't getting in because, like I said, I think he was the greatest center I've ever seen. And at one point, I mentioned to a friend of mine at the Steelers, I said, I may just stop doing this, quit, get out of it, see if somebody else can help him. And Dan Rooney heard about this, and he came back, and he saw me, and he says, you're not quitting. Just go in there and make the case. <laughs> I think that was the year Dawson actually made it. Um, so, you know, you think, uh, you think you're doing it wrong, but. Uh, I, I, you know, I tried every which way with Jerome Bettis. I mean, I tried to dig up stats that, you know, it kept coming back. He only has 3.9 yard average. <laughs> I dug up stuff that, you know, he was a short yardage back later in his career. And before that he was over four yards. So I, you know, I think eventually if you're a hall of famer, you make it. Although I can point out to people like Elsie Greenwood, who didn't, who I still think is. We're with Hall of Fame voter Ed Bouchette, and Ed, we're not quitting, although we're not going to make a case here. I want to go back to the original subject, and that's Ben Roethlisberger, and bring this thing to a close. Uh, when do you expect this thing to come to a head? When do you expect a decision to be made? In March? Clark, I think they were supposed to have a meeting, and then Mike uh, Tomlin got COVID. Oh, jeez. Um, so they emptied the whole office. Uh, they haven't been in there for at least the coaching staff has, and I don't know if Art's in there, Art Rooney or not, but they wanted to have Art and Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert in there and I, and Ben, and I think um, they were going to have Ben's agent in uh, maybe by Zoom or something. So they, this meeting is still pending. Okay. It has to be by March, with the league year is March 17th, and right. he, he gets a $15,000 bonus March 19th. So okay. you would expect a week or two at least before that. And, and last question, bottom line here, what do you expect to have happen? Do you expect him back to the Steelers this year? And like I said, Clark, I'm 50-50. I really am. I, I, it could go either way. I've talked to people, like they said, once once they get in that room, some people may think it's going to go one way and it could wind up things being said and it could go another way. You know, If you were, if you were the coach, would you bring him back? <sighs> I'd want him back for his leadership, for what he can do for us, for what he's done, uh, to have one more year. Um, and on the other hand, I'd, I'd like to see Mason Rudolph. Um, and I don't think there's a happy medium there, Clark. I don't think you bring Ben Roethlisberger back and somehow work Mason Rudolph. Right. So no, I agree. Um, I agree. But with I, I think they think they're still a, a competitive team. I don't think so. I don't think they will be, but I think they do. And if that's how they feel, then I think they'll want him back. Ed Bouchette, thanks so much for the time. And hopefully we'll see you in Canton this summer. Yeah, thanks, Clark. Good.
going to be a big Steeler celebration there with five of them going in, plus they're playing in the game against the Cowboys. Yeah, no question. That'll be fun. Ed, thanks, thanks so much. Ed. All right. See you, Ira. That was Hall of Fame voter Ed Bouchette. And Ira, uh, I don't know about you, but I tell you what, I'd bring Ben Roethlisberger back. He still is a productive quarterback, and I think they can be a playoff team, but um, that's me. You know, and Clark, one more thing. Uh, you know, look, Eddie knows a, a lot more than I do, but and I, me. I think, and me I, think well. I, I think I've seen enough of Mason Rudolph. Me too. I, I, I really do. Me too. Really do. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today, but we will be back tomorrow for yet another I Test for Two podcast, this time with a special guest who kept Ira busy the past eight years. And just a hint, Ira actually mentioned him in this show. Can you guess who it is? If you can't, tune in tomorrow to the I Test for Two. Thanks for joining.